with this group of people, we're asking that you'll change the world. And so would you speak to us in a way that we understand? Would you help us to understand what you want us to do? Not just listen to words about stuff that's going on in other, other parts of the world or what happened in times in the past, but understanding what you want us to do to build your kingdom and, and to give you glory. And so we offer ourselves to you for that purpose. Would you teach us right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can sit down. So let me tell you, we've been studying through the book of Acts. The book of Acts is called the book of Acts because of, who can tell me? The, right, the, the Acts, the what, basically an act is what somebody did. What the Holy Spirit of God did through his people in the years after Jesus stepped off this planet. And the story ends abruptly in the book of Acts because the story hasn't ended. It's continued with the people in this room. So we're looking at Acts chapter 11 tonight. But before we do all that, I'm going to ask Brian and Delena to come, and I want, you, I, want, I want them to share a little bit of their story with you about what they're doing. Come on, you guys come up here. What Brian and Delena are doing in, um, in answering the call of God in building Jesus' kingdom. So they're about to go to their next assignment. They've already been in Peru for five years and then back in, the, in Texas for five years. And now they're about to go somewhere else. And I'm going to let them tell you about that and how that happened. Uh, so I'm Brian Davis. Uh, and this is my wife, uh, Delana Davis. And we've been... Hello. Hello. It's really fun being here, by the way. Y'all are pretty lively. Lively worship. I really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, we've been members at, at Grace Community Church uh, the last five years. And uh, this fall, uh, we're actually um, moving overseas to Southeast Asia um, to go and work amongst unreached people groups uh, in that part of the world. Um, and if I don't know if you've ever heard the term unreached people groups, but they're, they're groups of people um, that have their own unique language and culture and there's multiple barriers for them to actually hear the gospel and hear the good news of Jesus. And it was when we took perspectives just right around the corner from here in 2016 where God really opened our eyes and our hearts and, and, and began really drawing us and wanting us to go um, to the unreached people groups of Southeast Asia. Um, and uh, that's, that's where we're heading. We've got three little kids, Eva, Henry, and Owen. They're our partners and uh, our team. And uh, one of our reasons for being here is we really want to connect with you um, and uh, be a resource. Some of you have aspirations to go overseas and minister to the nations, and we want to be a resource for you. If you have questions about organizations or fundraising or health insurance, just, you know, any, anything that and everything that maybe Steve is swamped and doesn't have time, you could you know, WhatsApp us or something. We want to get, we're here because we want to be a potential resource for you in the future as you begin walking, walking that out. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to take too much time, but I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share um, a quick couple of testimonies um, uh, for me and kind of how I, I got to here and really want Delana to share, but um, something, <laughs> sorry, um, but I, I really, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share a little bit about what's going on in my life lately. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I w we were sharing at a small group, 
and the Lord, the Lord really spoke to my heart. And something about my story is I grew up in a Christian home, and I was really sheltered, and I always told people that I walked away from God in high school because I was angry at my parents, and they shoved religion down my throat, and when I finally could get to college, I could spread my wings and fly and do what I want. And that was my story. That was my testimony. And since I've been following Jesus since I was 18, that's what I told people. That's my story. May 19th, I was sharing at an elder's home group uh, just a few weeks ago, and the Lord spoke to me that that really wasn't the reason. The reason, and I don't know why, but I had forgotten, but when I was in high school, the Holy Spirit began to draw my heart and began to speak to me, um, and, and, and I could feel his, his, him pulling at my heartstrings that, that, that I wanted to follow him, but I chose not to, and it wasn't the reasons that I kept telling people. The reasons were, um, was that I was afraid that God would make me a boring pastor at a boring church, and my heart's desire was to go and see the world and travel the world. And that was my real reason, and I had forgotten that completely. But since following Jesus, um, when I was, since I've been 18, I've gotten to go live in the Amazon jungle. I've gotten to, I'm moving to Southeast Asia with my family. I've gotten to see the world. I've gotten to see things. And it really is true what the Bible says in Psalms 37, 4. Trust in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's not, I, I'm always hesitant to share that. That's not the prosperity gospel. That's the truth that's in Scripture. Trust in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So don't let fear hold you back from following Jesus. One more quick testimony. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. One, one, one more testimony I, w- I really wanted to share with you. Um, on Monday, Memorial Day, um, the Lord had been speaking um, to uh, to me really over the last year or so about getting rebaptized. As I shared with you in high school, I had got I had walked away from from the Lord. I was baptized when I was eight years old, and when I was uh, eight, I didn't really f- fully understand repentance, um, and I knowingly walked away from the Lord, knowing the truth, and and I was I was unrepentant. And the Lord had been speaking to me over the last year to get baptized. And then, and then Monday morning on uh, Memorial Day, I was listening to Gary's, uh, or the, the pastor at Grace, Grace Community Church. His, his sermon was about baptism. I, hadn't, I wasn't able to go that, so I was just listening to it online. And he just said, stop overthinking it. Just do it right. Get rebaptized. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And, and, but I, had, I was like, Lord, I'm going to do it because he had been speaking to me a little bit. You know, I was like, should I? But I've been baptized. I know I'm, and I'm, I was overthinking it. But also there was, a little, there was a part of me that I was proud, and I was afraid that of what people might think because I've been in ministry, I've baptized people, and I've been doing the Lord's work. So maybe people will think, oh, he is, um, his ministry is fraudulent. It's, it's not, it doesn't count. And so I was overthinking it. And so I, I just chose that day to, to get baptized, and I went and I got, I, I, I got baptized in a friend's pool. A small group of friends um, were there. Delena was there. She dunked me under the water, um, and she didn't, she, didn't, she didn't hold me, you know, too long, you know. But, um, but, but sometimes um, we overthink following Jesus. Sometimes we let fear I'm about to embark on a journey of going overseas to Southeast Asia and taking my three little kids. Um, but I've just shared a story with you about how I've been prideful and fearful. And if, if I could just sum up with you a life and adventure of following Jesus, 
of fulfilling the great commission of ministering cross-culturally. It's really been about the goodness and greatness of God, his passionate pursuit of me, his beloved son. And I can boast in my weakness, and I can share with you that I am weak. I have these issues. I, I am capable of atrocious things apart from my Savior, but God is great. Follow him. Don't let fear get in the way. Go for it, okay? And so, and that's just, I, I wanted to share that with you. Um, if, if God's pulling at you, tugging at you, we're, we're going to be here during worship time or sharing time when, when Steve talks. But we want to we meet you, talk to you a little bit, and uh, encourage you. And um, if you have anything you want to share, too. Just really quickly, um, just to say, no, I'm glad you said it. Because that was along the lines. We're not anything special. We're two 33-year-olds, so we're not college students, but... That's the only thing we have different than you guys. <laughs> he still thinks he's a college student. But, you know, I just uh, shared with somebody upstairs that my mentor in high school, I was just so passionate about India. And I was like, I'm going to go to India. And not that I won't go to India someday. But she said, Delena, be called to Jesus. Don't be called to a place. And so I would just say that to you. I don't know where you're at tonight. But, um, you know, if, if you're intimate with him, if you have this, he'll give you this this love and this thing that you never knew you could feel for people that are very different from you. And um, and so when you follow him in that, when you try to do it on your own, it kind of, but just follow, if you follow him on that, he will lead you step by step. So. Thanks for oh. we, we also have um, like some magnets. So please um, come see us afterwards that you can like put on your refrigerator and we'd love, we, we want to partner with you guys in prayer. So please, if you want to see our little family on your refrigerator, come get a magnet. Yeah, you guys were way too easy on them. I thought you were going to have them raise their hands to ask. Okay, so I'll just do it. Does anybody want to go with Brandon Delana to Southeast Asia? Yes. Okay, look around. There's your people. So talk to them afterwards. And uh, I'm, some of you guys think I'm joking, but those of you know, that know me know that I'm not. We're not joking. I'm asking you to give your lives to this thing. Okay. So we already prayed. I prayed that God would speak to you. But I wanted them to give that testimony after you open your Bibles. Acts 11, we're looking at Acts 11. And what they just said fits in to what we're talking about tonight. God's timing is perfect. And so Acts 11, starting in verse 19, is what we're looking at. And if you guys remember, the story is that, that there were about 12, there's 12 disciples, 12 students of Jesus that Jesus has called to change the world. And that number, well, Jesus is teaching all of them, grows to about 70 people. And that, that number, grow, after he is put to death and is resurrected and steps off this planet into heaven, there's about 120 people. And those 120 people, the spirit of, of God comes upon. 50 days after the death of Jesus on Pentecost, and there, when the Spirit comes upon them, the church explodes. The first 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus, and then later that number rises to 5,000, and then we've studied all about how the attacks against the church happened, and how because of the attacks that happened against the church of Jesus in Jerusalem, because the, the church of Jesus was centered right there in Jerusalem, because of the attacks, all of a sudden, those people who called themselves by the name of Jesus were scattered all over the place. It sounded like a terrible thing. But God never uses terrible things 
in your lives in vain. He'll always take the terrible things and turn them into good if you'll let him. So that, that's where we're picking up here. In Acts 11, verse 19, those who had been scattered by the persecution in, connected, in connection with Stephen. Stephen was the first guy that died for his faith in Jesus. The persecution in regards to Stephen those people who are scattered, and they're just, they're just, they just, they take off running because they're afraid, and they run all over the Middle East, and they travel as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they tell the message, and underline this in your Bibles, they tell the message only to people who are like them, only to the Jews, okay? You guys understand? So there's, there's people that are out there, and they're talking about Jesus, but they're talking about Jesus to people who are from the same background as them. You got you, get, you understand? But I want you guys to see in verse 20, some of them, however, there's, there's another group of people, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who went to Antioch, and they began to speak to the Greeks also. That is that means the non-Jews, the people that weren't Jewish, telling them the good news, because it's great news, this amazing news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So, I want you guys to think for a second. In verse 19, why did all those people who've been scattered all over the place, in verse 19, why did they speak only to the Jews? I just want you to think about it. Why did they, why did they think? Why did they speak to only to the Jews? That's what they thought they're supposed to do. Well, is that all they were supposed to do? No. But in their minds, I mean, who would want to talk to those stinking Gentiles about the good news of Jesus? Because who wants them to be saved anyway? And besides, they're so different from us. So we're going to hang out with our kind of people who have the same background that we have, same church that we went to, and we're going to tell them the good news about what Jesus did for me. And who cares anything about all those people that don't know? Do you understand the mentality? Was that Jesus' mentality? Nope. Nope. Some of them, however, verse 20, they went cross-cultural. That's what we're talking about with Brian and Elena. They went to Southeast Asia or the equivalent. They go, to, they go to Antioch, and the result of them going cross-cultural, in, in verse 21, guys, I want you to see what happens because of what, because they, because they reach out to people that are different from them. In verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And the result of that was that there was a multi-ethnic, multi-denominational, multi-whatever background church established in Antioch, the first church of that kind. It's a big deal. And some of you guys are thinking, what? I thought there was a multi-ethnic church in Jerusalem. And it wasn't that what the Pentecost thing was all about? That there were all those people from all over the place in Jerusalem and they heard their own languages being spoken? So this is just a repeat of that, right? Nope. Because all those people that were in Jerusalem for Pentecost were there because they were Jews, culturally, religiously. Now, yeah, the Jews, had, the diaspora, it happened. The Jews were scattered all over the place. And they came, they'd come back and they spoke different languages. And stuff, but they had that identity of Jewishness. But what's happening here in Antioch, 
is something that's bigger. This is way different. This is a church that's made up of people that don't have a clue even what the Old Testament was about. They don't know. They don't know theology. They don't know what all the worship songs. They don't know the scriptures. But they've come face to face with Jesus and they like it. They like what's happened. And so, back in Jerusalem, especially in the light of what we talked about last week, what do you think the leaders of the church in Jerusalem were thinking? They hear about what's going on in Antioch. Actually, why don't you throw that map up here for a second? Okay, there's the, so Jerusalem is right here. Jerusalem's right here. This is this is Dead Sea, Sea of Galilee. Antioch is right up here. Okay? So they these guys, center of center of What's happened with Jesus' people so far is right here. But now there's something happening up here. What do they do? Well, let's read what they do. So in verse 22, news of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas goes up to Antioch. Why, does, why, does Barnabas, why do they send Barnabas to Antioch? Now, I think, I think their motivation is pure. I think they understand what Jesus said in John 17, 23. In John 17, 23, do you guys know what Jesus said would be the key to the nations, to the world, knowing that he's the Messiah? Do you guys remember? Remember in his priestly prayer the night before he dies, he says, and I pray that they may be one so that, he's praying that they'll be united, that the people of God would be united so that the world would know. In other words, the world, the, the, the cause of evangelism that Brian and Delena are talking about and that we're a part of, it's only going to happen through the unity of God's people. Jesus prayed for that. And so I think the, the leaders in Jerusalem, they're like, okay, there's something happening way up there in Antioch. And we need to be a part of this. Not for bad, not because they're trying to control it. They learned their lesson from what we talked about last week. But they, they're going up there because they, they, want, they want unity with, with the believers up there because they realize that there's something happening up there that's, that's way a step above or ahead of where they've been. So verse 23, they said, so they sent Barnabas up there when he arrived and saw the evidence. Guys, underline that. Evidence. I mean, he's like, wow. This is really happening. The evidence of the grace of God. He, that is Barnabas, was glad and he encouraged you like, you guys knew Jesus too. High five. Good job. <laughs> he urged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man. No, duh. We've studied about him before. <laughs> Full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and now a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now I want you to see what Barnabas does. I want you guys to figure out what's the connection between what we just read and the next verse. So, actually, throw that map up there again as I read this. Then Barnabas, well, he's up here. He's been sent from Jerusalem up to, to Antioch. Then, and, there's, and he's like, wait, this is way cool. All the people are coming to know Jesus. And then, he goes to Tarsus. So look at verse 23. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. He brings Saul to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. You see what's, you know, how many times have we read the word great numbers? I mean, there are a lot of people here coming to Jesus. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So think that, think, now I want you guys to think again. Why does Barnabas go to Tarsus? Or again, or maybe the better way to say this is, what's the connection between Barnabas? Barnabas goes up here to Antioch. There's lots of, lots of, lots of happening here. 
What's the connection between that, his, his journey there and then his decision to go over to Tarsus? To get reinforcements. Exactly. He's going over to get reinforcements. Here's, here's what's going on. The people in Antioch are becoming Christians by the zillions. There's lots of people becoming Christians in Antioch. And he realizes they don't know nothing. And we need some discipleship happening here. We don't just want people raising their hand and saying, I'll follow Jesus and get baptized. We want them to know the scripture. We want them to grow. It's the same kind of thing that's happening here at the Cornerstone. This is why we put so much emphasis in leadership training here. We're looking for people, even if they're from Tarsus, who come and help people grow. So he goes to Tarsus to get Saul because he knows that Saul's the guy. Saul's the guy who's later called Paul. And there's a need for a pastor and a teacher there in Antioch, somebody who knows the Old Testament scripture, because that's all the scripture they got at this point. And so he knows, think about how does, how does Barnabas, who's, who's represented the church in Jerusalem, who goes up here, how does he even know about Saul? Now think about God's amazing design in all this. 13 years earlier, Saul had been a guy who killed Christians. Remember, he's the, he's the guy who messed up Barnabas' church. Barnabas had sold his property. He was the real estate investor who sold his property to, to build this church in Jerusalem. And then one boneheaded guy busted up the whole thing and killed Stephen and everybody's gone. Messed up Barnabas' church. But on Saul's way to Damascus, which is right over here off the map, he meets Jesus. And there's a prophecy made about Saul at the time that he meets Jesus. You guys remember what the prophecy is? Acts 9.15. Can you put that up there? Acts 9.15. When Saul meets Jesus, and just before he's baptized, here's the prophecy about Saul. Spoken to Ananias, the guy who, who really brings him to Christ. Ananias, the Lord says to Ananias, Acts 9.15. Go to Saul. He's telling him, go to Saul. For this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. There's a prophecy made about Saul. Do you think maybe Barnabas knows about that prophecy? And maybe all these years he'd been wondering, is that, what did that mean? And now all these Gentiles have become Christians, and he's like, I got the guy. Now had, had Barnabas met Saul, Think back, think back, think back. He did. Remember after Saul had been a Christian for three years? He finally was like, I better go back and make things right with that church, at least the people that are left there. I need to try to fix some things. He goes to Jerusalem, and they won't have anything to do with him, except for one guy. Barnabas. Barnabas is like, man, you messed my church, but you're my friend. Come on, let's go. Remember we talked about forgiveness. And, he, and Barnabas is the guy that brings him to meet Peter. And so he'd met him for a short time. And now it's 10 years later. Who knows what Saul's been doing for 10 years. He's been making tents, I'm sure. He's up there in Tarsus. He's learning about Jesus. He's learning, he's learning, he's learning. And one day, hey, Saul, it's Barnabas. Remember me? I'm the guy whose church you destroyed. Remember I met you 10 years ago in Jerusalem? And you remember the prophecy? 
about you. What are you doing about that? Let's go. Because in Antioch, they need you. And there's nobody who knows the Old Testament scripture like you do. Let's go. So, the result is that Saul goes to Antioch with Barnabas. And Antioch becomes a, becomes a major Christian center for the next, well, until now. One of, the, one of the places, one of the main places where the Eastern Church had, it, it, it had a light for Jesus through the centuries, even until now. Here's what I want you guys to think about, okay? What was the difference between the people in verse 19 who went out there and talked to the people about Jesus, only talked to people who were like them? What's the difference between them and the people who went to Antioch and told everybody, even though those people weren't like them? Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? So what's the difference between, there was a group in, in verse 19 who spoke the message only to Jews because they were Jews. So there was that group in group one. Group two was people that went to Antioch and told everybody regardless of what their, their background or ethnicity or language or skin color was. What's, what was the difference between those two groups of people? Do you guys understand? They both told people about Jesus. What's that? What, right. Well, what was going, why, why were they different from the ones that were only telling Jews? That's right. It's like, you guys notice, I was just, I just went over to, what's the, what's the place, there's a restaurant over here about, about sushi. I don't know what it's called. I went over to buy sushi, and I walked in and got my sushi, four ninety five for a cal for um, spicy tuna roll. Well, next week, I'm, next couple weeks from now, I'm going to get real sushi in Japan. But, uh, so I made my sushi. I'm looking at this table. We had some, uh, some Indians. At this table, we had some Taiwanese. At this table, we had some white people. And they're all separate. Now, is, are, they, are they racist? No. They're not. I don't think they're. I mean, if I asked them, do you, know, like, do you know there's Taiwanese people sitting next to you and you're not even talking to them? Why are you only talking to the Indians? They're like, what are you talking about, man? These are the people I know. Why you, well, I'm going to talk to them. You guys understand what I'm saying? They're not racist. They're, people gravitate towards people that are like them. Praise God that that group of people didn't do that because otherwise you guys won't be sitting here today. Are you guys listening to me? Okay, so what was different between these two groups? Okay. What, yeah, go ahead. Okay, there's a question. First group is comfortable. Too comfortable. I, I know how to act with these people. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to act with those people. And besides, they don't get my jokes. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, guys, I got a joke. You tell the joke. And he's like, I don't get it. I mean, that's awkward. So I think I'll stick with the people that are just like me. Okay, so okay, for, I, I just want to give you th three things, guys. First of all, they believed that Jesus, the second group of people that talked to people that weren't like them, they believed that Jesus' message was for all, just like what Brian and Delaney are, are. They're going to Southeast Asia, and Delaney was telling us upstairs how, what, how, 
how much you feel like a fool when you're trying to share the gospel with people you can't even speak their own language. You just look like you're like, what is wrong with you? I know that feeling. What a great way to feel for the glory of Jesus. Life is awkward, and we feel stupid, so what? Okay, but these people believed that Jesus' message was for all people, whether they got my jokes or not. Okay, second thing. They did not have an elitist, an elitist view. Like, Jesus loves me, but how could he ever love those people? Now, there have been Christians through the centuries who have had the attitude of the world in that way. We're special, and you're not. Okay? Third thing that was made that, that second group of people different is that they, here's, here's what, they were willing to get out of their comfort zone and make personal connections with people who were culturally and religiously different from them. You hear what Brian just said about pride and fear? I mean, are, is, is it not the case that we often don't reach out to people that are different from us because we're afraid of what we're afraid? And also because we don't look as cool when we look, when we look stupid, when we don't get the jokes. Okay, so here's my question for you guys. Here's my question for you personally. Are you, don't answer this out loud, are you more like the people in group one or are you more like the people in group two? Do you guys understand my question? Are you more like the people in group one who are, who are willing to spend their energy on people that are just like them? Or are you willing to be like the people in group two who say, I'll get out of my comfort zone, and I'll actually care for people that Jesus cares about, and I don't care about myself. And the test of whether you're in that group one or group two isn't what you say. The test is how you're living your life. Actually, here, let me give you a test right now. Get your phone. Here's your test. Because you can say you're in that group two all, all you want. Get your phone. I'm not going to make you text me this time. Sometimes I make you guys text me, but not today. Okay. I want you to look at your texts. I want you to look at the last 20 texts. And give yourself a score. You don't have to give me the score. But give yourself a score. Some of you guys aren't getting your phone. But guys, this, this all hands on Zach. If you don't have a phone, then I'll buy you one, okay? No, I won't. Better not say that. Okay. Guys, <laughs> this is class. I mean, this is, we're, no, you, you're using our air conditioning, so you got to do what I say. Okay, get your phone out. Everybody look at your phone. At least pretend that you're looking at your phone. At least pretend you're taking the test. Here's the test. Look at your, your past 20 texts and give yourself a score. How many of those texts were strategically trying to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave you? Okay? Do you guys understand my question? It's like, okay, text my mom, text my, my roommate, text my sister, text my boss. Were any of those texts, in the, the past 20 texts, have anything to do with Jesus' plan to reach the nations through you? That's his plan, guys. His plan is to reach the nations through you. I know you think that's just my, that his plan for me. That's his plan for you. Okay, you got your score? Okay, you don't have to tell me the score. I just want you to put it in your brain. And I want to ask you, are you willing... To, to, to obey Jesus 
in this great commission? And before you totally answer that, I want you guys to hear some testimonies. We got six of our, six of our people here who got testimonies. Three of them are live. Three of them are not here, so we got them on video. And I want you to hear just a short testimony of how Jesus reached them through people from the cornerstone who were willing to cro- step across cultural lines. Okay, so who's first? How about you first, Ashish? And then we'll get the, then we'll get those videos, and then we'll wrap up with Aaron and Julian. So y'all, y'all know my name. Um, some of you all know my story. Some of you all don't. I see a lot of new faces today. But uh, pretty much um, to say, I was a new student at UTA. I've been here before, uh, but I was back in India around 2016-ish. And then I was sitting at church one evening, just just praying and being, um, and just asking God to show me more and to to send across someone who would teach me more about Him. And that was just a short prayer. And flash forward 2017, I guess that was about roughly two months after that is when I moved. Um, and I am living with a roommate and a lot of friends, mostly people who I know or are from my city. And then one day, one of them reached out like, hey, I got a ticket for a tour, and you should go for that. And mind you, I've been here before. Fort Worth is a place where I've been for a good number of times, and I'm not interested in going there. It's good. Interested because I've been there, so but I'm like, okay, let's just take a ticket and go around, anyways. I guess I have it in my hand, so um, I come across the street right there in the parking lot the next day, and I see this new guy, and he's he's call he points at me and he's like, hey, what's your name? I'm like, Ashish, you're smart. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> And you're smart, too. He's like, no, I'm not that smart. I'm like, you are. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and that guy is Will Hoffman, hey. which is yeah. Steve's brother-in-law. Um, and he reached out to me. And um, we went around the tour, and he's like, come along. Let's just join and follow Jesus together, I guess. And um, it's not just him. There's been a lot of people. There's been Miles and Aaron and people who put a lot of I mean, God will put a lot of people in your path, and he will guide them to you. And you'll have the support of your brothers and sisters. It's just up to you to just make friends. Just just get to know them, get to know their culture, and you'll get something. They'll get the love that you have from Jesus, yes. And uh, the commission will be fulfilled. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay. And here's what I asked Ashish as I was asking him to share. I said, what if Will Hoffman had been like, man, I've been busy. I'm not going to the Big Howdy Tour. Ashish, do you think Ashish would be here today? I don't think he would be. Now, now Ashish said, well, God could have used somebody else. And I said, exactly. But that person would have had to show up too and reach out. And if that person had the same attitude as Will Hoffman, then would Ashish be here? Guys, I'm, I'm convinced that if Will Hoffman hadn't been at the Big Howdy tour that day, Ashish wouldn't be following Jesus and be a part of this community. Praise God that Will Hoffman came that day. Okay, let's go with one of those videos, or a couple of them. Hi, guys. This is James. Um, 
miss you guys and uh, I hope you guys are doing great hi guys this is Zane um, I really miss you guys and um, I hope you guys are doing great right now um, for those who don't know me I'm from Malaysia and as a matter of fact um, I'm on the vacation uh, in Malaysia with my good friend Matthew West um, today I'm requested by Steve to uh, share my testimony of how I come to know Christ to you guys well um, to be honest I wouldn't know Jesus without the people like from Cyrene and Cyprus in Acts there are many people that plays a important role in helping me to get to know Jesus it all started when my uncle who is a firm believer in the good news connects me with the cornerstone community on that time i was uh, looking for a place to stay and i was very interested in the discipleship program um, for some reason i was able to move in to one of the houses even though it was obvious there wasn't a spot for me to stay um, i believe all this is a god's plan after that um, I get to know many people who were in the houses they were um, able to show me love that is unconditional I was uh, curious and I asked myself a question of why these people has so much happiness and uh, kind kindness in them so I after that I was able to find out that Jesus is a source of uh, happiness for these people so after that I started to dwell into the Bible and getting to know Jesus more and more and whenever I has I had question people like Steve sensei and Aaron were kind and patient to help me to get the answer so I was touched by God's love through people like Steve sensei and Aaron um, so after that I decided to commit my life to uh, uh, follow Jesus uh, the rest of my life and um, I hope you guys are doing the same as well and I pray that you have you guys have a blessed day thank you you guys, you guys, the funny thing about Zane is Zane's uncle shows, Zane's uncle hears about us from somehow, and he's like, okay, we want this guy to stay in Lionheart. And we're like, sorry, there's no room. Zane was like, it's okay, guy. <laughs> Zane's like, it's okay, I'll stay here anyway. We're like, there's no room. It's okay. It's okay, I'll stay here. So he wouldn't leave, and of course, the guys at Lionheart just loved on him, and he's following Jesus. But praise God that, he, that those guys... Invited him in, even though they were already full. Praise God, because if not, who knows where Zane would be today. Okay, how about Subu? Hey, guys. It's good to be there, at least virtually. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy. I, I'm, I'm glad that Steve gave me this uh, chance to share my experience about, uh, uh, about how Cornerstone people influenced me in my life. Uh, back in the day when, when I joined Cornerstone, I, wa uh, I was an atheist at the time, and... Uh, I was open about it. I didn't try to hide it. I was open about it. And then uh, uh, 
people just accepted me they just took me as though it was nothing i'm i'm pretty sure uh, some of you guys also do the same for uh, all the newbies all the some of the newbie atheist people but uh, you know that was a surprise for me when back in the time you know i was having this uh, notation about christian people and then uh, boom it they just blew everything the way they lived their life you know at the time uh, for example the og uh, cornerstone people people like uh, eve uh mary uh gray you know all those people they lived in a way that inspired me they they lived differently and then they showed me love they accepted me they took me in they accepted me and it was like completely surprising to me i was i was surprised and i was like curious to see what's different see that's that's uh one of the most important thing that i want to emphasize it's it's living in a way that you make other people curious what's different and then uh, they will ask you that will open up their heart rather than you going and uh, pushing the message to them you know they will sometimes push people away but when you are like leading a life that's different and that filled with love that's more important you know uh, uh, that actually i i've seen uh, people change and people open up to the message uh, and it worked on me uh, when people you know lived with love i was like curious what's different and when i experienced that when i experienced that that's the most biggest uh influence on my life uh, be the biggest change that i ever had in my life it's the day that i opened up my heart thanks to those people i'm i'm, I'm really happy because of that and uh, thanks to the cornerstone mainly you know and i'm always want to be a part of that cornerstone big family with you guys stone is creating a ripple effect and i'm so excited i'm so excited to see how each and every one of you guys is going to create a, a change a massive impact and then bring joy to our lord thank you for this opportunity love you steve love you all <laughs> take care hey man okay here's here's the little super we used to uh, until about two years ago we had a friday night uh what, what do we call it? friday night life and we'd done it for years, and we had so many international students come, and it was just kind of international light. And we stopped doing it because I, I, I ran out of energy, and I collapsed one day, and I thought, I can't do this anymore. So we don't do it anymore. But, but when we were doing that, Subu was coming. But I think he came to school here in 2012, and there was a kid from Segu, from Southwestern Assembly of University, who used to come here on Friday night, and he became his friend. If it wasn't for that guy, Subu wouldn't have ever been, he wouldn't have ever connected with us. Thank God for that guy, and I can't remember his name. What was his name? What was his name, red-haired dude? Zach, Zach, that's it, thank you. Praise God for Zach. Okay, another video from Utah. Hey guys, my name is Yuta Hashimoto. I'm from Japan, and I've been in the States for a year and a few months. And I moved in the, I moved in the discipleship house um, when I came to the US. And at that time, I couldn't speak English at all, at all. And it's kind of funny. Um, so at that time, my roommates were Aaron Makwan and Zen Lim. And every time when I come to the room, there was Aaron sitting on a couch. And I, I was talking to him in Japanese since I didn't know how to talk to him in English. And since Japanese people can't say L and R differently, 
um, I used to call him Ellen. Ellen. It's kind of funny, right? It's funny, right? I guess it is. I mean, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, so there was one night um, I was sharing um, to my housemates what I wanted to do in the States, which was completely opposite from um, Christian life. And they were telling me it is wrong, um, why it is wrong, what Bible teaches, uh, who Jesus is, and what's the purpose of living in a discipleship house. And when I hear that, I was shocked because um, I didn't know. I didn't know it is wrong. I didn't know it is wrong, and nobody told me. Nobody told me it is wrong. Um, so I was just shocked. And um, they suggested me to doing Bible study with them. And from that day, um, we did Bible study every day. Every day. We did Bible study every day. And um, as, I, as I started doing Bible study, um, my English got significantly improved. And at one point, I could be called... I could be able to call Aaron correctly, which is the which is a proof that my English got better. And I just finished reading Bible, not Bible. I just finished reading book of book of Matthew, and um, I got baptized on January six, two thousand nineteen, and. Yeah, so when I come to the U.S., my goals were to get good degree, to get good job, to make a lot of money, and yeah, so those are still those are still my goals. But now my main goal is to share God's love to my family. To my friends, um, with Japanese people, uh, that's my main goal now. And so, people who are like the men from Cyprus and Cyrene were people who are at people who are at Lionheart. Thank you. That's it. Bye bye. Okay, praise God for Aaron. Ellen. But here's, let, me, let me just even back up before Aaron, Ellen. Um, um, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was getting out of my car, and an 18-year-old kid named John Henderson was walking across the parking lot, and I said, so what are you doing this summer? He said, I thought I was going to Turkey, but that's not happening. I said, you want to go to Japan with, with me? He said, yeah. I said, do you love Jesus? He said, yeah. I said, you're going to Japan with me. So he went with us on the first Hitanatsuno Boken trip that ten, 10 years ago. And, um, and because of his 
desire to reach out to people that weren't like him, he ended up falling in love with Japanese people. And he married a young girl named Naoko, who, Naoko-san, whom he met at my house few, several months later after he'd gone to Japan with me. And Naoko's nephew is Yuta. So, uh, you know, praise God for John, for John willing to, to step in. I mean, if it wasn't for John, Yuta won't be, you know, Yuta won't know Jesus now. But Ellenkin, <laughs> I want you to know the same thing about him. What's that? Uh, I, wa- I want he- I want sh- him to share his testimony of how you know he came here and he loved Jesus, but he really loves Jesus now, and it was because people reached out to him. So would you sh- share that briefly too? Sure. By the way, my name is Aaron, <laughs> not Ellen. And Yuta, I know he's watching right now. Dude, I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you. And please give my regards to your mom and your grandma, okay? All right. Awesome. Um, so with me, you know, I kind of grew up in a Christian family. Um, I knew everything about Jesus that I needed to know to kind of, you know, just confess with my mouth that he is my Lord and my Savior and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, you know. So I walked that walk um, growing up. I was blessed with, you know, godly parents, and it's just, it's a privilege that I have. Um, however, I was I was young, and I was dumb, and I was I was making so many mistakes, and I was not walking in purity, and we were going in, you know, all these charismatic prayer meetings. And this one time, um, I remember when I was 16 years old, um, this guy that I n- did not know who was not from my region, this is back in India, he... Uh, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, in my head I was like, man, this guy is too holy for me to even stand even close to him, you know. Um, but then he comes uh, comes up to me and he's just talking to me, you know, and then he pauses for a second. And, you know, he was, I mean, he still is such a great man of God. He's back home, you know, in India. But he just started, you know, not in a uh, condemning way, just started telling my sins to me, you know. He's like, hey, uh, so I just wanted to kind of tell you that um, this is what I'm seeing right now. This is what the Lord is showing me. And, you know, I was, I was just listening to him, and I was in tears as, I, as he described my entire life up until 16 years old. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And then at the end of that, you know, he said, Aaron, Jesus wants you to follow him and obey him. And he wants you to be completely liberated from this. You know, he wants you to be free from this. Um, so... What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you decide. I'm not going to tell you that Jesus wants you to completely follow him, you know, because I, I mean, he just showed me all these things about you. But he said, I want you to decide for yourself, you know. And that's the only reason why I responded to Jesus. That's the only reason why I kind of, you know, went back and I was like, man, this is, this is such a great opportunity for me to just respond to the Lord. And I know that my God, our God, is a God of freedom who gives us freedom of choice to, to where we can decide, you know, for ourselves if we truly want to follow him. Um, and I'm glad that I could be um, part of this community. Remember um, applying at UTA, and actually, honestly, I didn't care about anything else. I was just, like, trying to find a free ride from airport. So I looked up on the on UTA website and I found Big Howdy page and they said you'll get a free airport ride and I was like great and then <laughs> there were two two references one of them was Caitlin uh, from BSM and the other one was Steve Headland 
So I sent both emails, you know, I, I sent that email to both of them. And Steve responded with, yeah, sure. One of us will come pick you up. Maybe I'll come pick you up. And then he said, well, I also have this discipleship housing program, uh, if you want to think about it. And I was like, okay, since my parents are going to su support me financially as an international student while I'm living here, I'll ask them. And I communicated with them, and they said yes. And I don't think anyone got accepted like from a foreign land into the discipleship housing program. But I was the first person. And Steve, ever since that day, he has been my guardian, guardian angel in a way, to where he's been just with me. And things didn't work out at UTA like I thought they would. I was thinking about um, going back home in December or January first week. So for the six months, I, I came here May 26 in 2015. I had lived here for, um, that's awesome, it's your birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the thing is, I, I stayed in the discipleship house in Lionheart, you know, for six months, and then I, I was going to leave, so I was like, man, this is so saddening, so I'm just going to go and talk to Steve and thank him. So I, that's what I did. I was upstairs in his room, and I was talking to him, and I said, thank, thank you so much, Steve, for letting me stay in your house. It's been a privilege. It's been an honor. I love the community, and I'm just going to head back home. And for some reason, God knows, you know, I think it was God's perfect plan. That's why I'm standing here still. Um, that he got a thought about CFNI, just four letters. And then he's like, hey, have you heard about CFNI? And I was like, what is that? You know, is that a place I can go work out or something? Um, <laughs> but actually, it was a place where I can go work out my spiritual muscles. So, boom. Um, turns out, <laughs> um, that's what I did for three and a half years. Actually, two and a half years to three years. And just graduated from CFNI uh, in December, and now, I never thought I would be working at Grace Community Church, but now I'm the worship coordinator of the Grace Community Church, and it's just amazing working with Everett and Josie and so many amazing people and Steve, you know. So I believe, I believe, you know, Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Why? And verse 15 says, To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And I will live all the days of my life to declare that he is still my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So I give all the glory to God, and I would encourage you guys to do the same. Fall on him when you need strength. And cast your cares on him because he cares so much about you and for you. And he loves you unconditionally. He is crazy in love with you. I hope you guys understand the revelation of his love every single day as you follow him with all of your heart and with all of your might. Thank you. Okay, you guys get the point? What if people hadn't reached out to Aaron? What if they hadn't reached out to Subu? What if they hadn't reached out to Utah? What if they hadn't reached out to Julian? What if they hadn't reached out to, um, to Zane? And who else did I miss? I, 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 Ashish and Sudanshu, and the list goes on and on and on. And here, here's, my, here's my challenge for all of us is we're not done yet, guys. There are people who will be sitting in these, these chairs next year at the merge and living in a room with you guys who live in the discipleship houses and spending time worshiping Jesus in the prayer room if you invite him. And if you don't invite him, 
if you don't tell them the good news, if you just talk to the people who are like you about the good things that Jesus has done, they don't hear. So I'm asking you to help me in this. The big howdy stuff is coming up. We're going to have how many, how, how many this year? A thousand new, new students from all over the world coming to UTA. Jesus loves every one of them. Would you help me to share this great message of Jesus with them? And particularly, I know we're a few months ahead, but since we're talking about this tonight, I just want to prep you for, uh, for Labor Day. Labor Day's coming. This will be our 12th year to do the Big Howdy Tour. Come and make a friend. Do for a student who's right now is applying to UTA, trying to figure out where they're going to live, trying to figure out what, what's going to happen. They're going to get here, and we got Big Howdy airport rides like we did for Aaron. We got the, the Big Howdy party. We got the Big Howdy tour. The Big Howdy tour is really the most effective part of all that, I, I believe, because we get, get somebody in your car with you. So, guys, put it on your calendar for Labor Day. And you're like, well, that's family day. Bring your family. I mean, what's your family going to do, make hot dogs? Come and, come and help change the world. Okay, we got one more thing that we're going to do. Sorry, guys, we're, over, we're a few minutes over time. But would you put that picture up of where Yemi's going? Yemi's, Yemi's a part of this. Um, Sunday, she's leaving to go to the Philippines. You know, she's a part of our Japan team. She'll be in Japan with us for a month. Come here, come here, come here. But, um, but on, our way to the, on, on our way to Japan, she's going to, to the tribal group that I grew up with in the Philippines. We have, we have um, this, this year, starting... Last week was the beginning of the new school year in the Philippines. We have 59 students that we're sponsoring to go to school. And so Yemi's going there to teach them English uh, for a month before she goes to Japan with us. So um, praise God for Yemi. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Um, so so, so um, we're going to continue. We're going to pray again for the Japan team before the Japan team leaves. But I just want to pray for Yemi tonight because this is her last night with us before she heads to the Philippines and then to Japan. And then she won't be back until we come back in August. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for sweet Yemi and her part in our lives, her part what she's done in Japan and loving people there and what she's done last year in the Philippines and going again now to teach all the Agta students um, how to speak English, Lord, would you, would you give her your favor? Would you protect her that she wouldn't get sick in any way and that she wouldn't be homesick? And then as she arrives in, in Manila, that she'd be safe as she gets from Manila to Casigran. And uh, Lord, I do just thank you for all the people that she's reached out to here at UTA also. Loving people. And Lord, she just came here um, to the Cornerstone four years ago just saying, I just want to be used by God. Would you show me what I'm supposed to do? Thank you for all you've done in her life, and thank you for leading her and teaching her more about how to love you and how to love other people. And, Lord, so we just commit all of ourselves to you. We just love you, Lord, and we're, and we, we, we're not pretending that we got it figured out and that we're going to get it right all the time, but we're asking for uh, your Holy Spirit to teach us how to follow you into all truth. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.